Welcome to Faith Builders. My name is Michelle Steele, and I am so thrilled to have you here with me today, tuning in to this final installment of Faith Adjustments. We are, have learned so much already through this teaching. I want to encourage you to go back to our YouTube channel or to buildfaith.net and access the recordings. You can go and watch them for free. We have uh, audio versions on our podcast. You can listen to them for free. You can also get the uh, CDs and the study guide to go with this as well, because this is such an important part for every believer to know how to make the proper faith adjustment so that we can be skilled and precise and consistent in our faith. Last week, we talked about the uh, stability of our faith, that we've got to maintain our focus so that we can have a stable belief system, a stable believing, consistent application of our faith and receiving as well. I want to bring this all to a close with probably what is the most important thing about making the correct faith adjustments. And to do so, we're going to start in Galatians chapter five, and I'm going to read verse six. For in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision avails anything nor uncircumcision, but faith, which works by love. You know, a lot of times when people are building their faith and learning about how to apply faith, they, they, bring such an emphasis to faith that they forget what, what is the power supplied to their faith. And that is the love of God. Faith works by love. The Weist expanded translation says, but faith coming to an effective expression through love and the amplified, it says only faith activated and energized and expressed and working through love. You know, here in this room, I've got a, a, a camera and lights and they work wonderfully, but they do require electricity for you to be able to benefit from these instruments. They need to be plugged in to their power supply. And for faith, although faith is such an amazing tool, faith is such an awesome, awesome uh, uh, in its working, an instrument that God has given us. He's given us his own faith. Have the faith of God. Operate the faith of God, Mark 11 says. The faith of God that he's placed within us works so dynamically, yet if it's unplugged, if it has no power to it, it's not going to produce. It can be in perfect condition, but unplugged, it's not going to be effective in its working. And so that's why the Amplified uses those words, activated and energized by love. The love of God, the love that's available in the heart of every believer, not always yielded to, but it is available. We should yield to it. The love of God is necessary for faith to work. And that's why we don't want to end these teachings on faith adjustments without recognizing that we need to also know how to evaluate our, our love walk. 
You know, our text for this series has been uh, from 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5, that says, examine yourself. Examine and test and evaluate, the Amplified says. Examine, evaluate yourself to see if you be in faith. And so if I'm going to be operating my faith, I don't want to leave the love off the checklist. You know, if a pilot, every time a pilot gets in the plane to fly that plane, they go through a checklist, even though they may have flown thousands upon thousands of times, they still check every part of the list. They go through and they check the tires and they check the instruments and they check all of the different things. And the reason they have this list is because it is vital to our safety that we check it every time. And love should be number one on your list to check and make sure that my love is correct, that my love is intact, that I am walking in the love of God and governed by that love so that my faith will work in all of these other places. You know, my husband, uh, before we went into full-time ministry, he worked in the corporate world and uh, there was a, a certain time that he worked uh, uh, in an area that was working with some of the tech and and they would have trouble with different computers in this uh, system and, and they would call and the very first thing that they would ask when they called the technicians with a problem, the technicians would say, is your computer plugged in? <laughs> is your computer plugged in? And is your faith plugged into love? Because if you're not plugged into love, you can have faith that moves mountains, 1 Corinthians 13 says, but without love, it's useless. You can have the faith and have developed that faith, but if you're walking out of love, it's useless to the kingdom. It's useless to be productive for you. So it's important. Now, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 3 says, We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is me, because that your faith grows exceedingly. Don't we all want faith that grows exceedingly? I know I do. I don't want my faith to be at the same level next week or next month. I want my faith to grow, and I want it to grow exceedingly because I've got things to do for God. And this verse says, your faith can grow exceedingly. But notice the next part of this verse says, and the charity or the love of every one of you all towards each other abounds. That's a connection that we don't want to overlook. Faith grows exceedingly when love abounds. When our love for each other abounds, then our faith grows exceedingly. And so if you want your faith to do great things, if you want your faith to be productive in, in your life, you've got to make love a priority. You've got to make love the way that you love other people a priority. The Weiss translation of this verse says, because your faith is growing wonderfully and the divine and self-sacrificial love of each one of you all for one another exists in great abundance. An abundant flow of love will cause our faith to grow. The Amplified says, 
because your faith is growing exceedingly and the love of every one of you towards others is increasing and abounds. Love is increasing and abound towards one another, abounding towards other people. The way you love other people affects the way your faith works. The way you love your spouse, the way you love your children, the way that you love your brothers and sisters in Christ, your, the people in your life, it affects the way your faith works. And we just can't get around it because it's like the safety that God put on the faith gun. Faith is so powerful. Faith is so dynamic and it's working. Faith, I mean, faith can move a mountain. Faith can move situations that can't be moved any other way. But here, this great, great tool and instrument and God puts a safety mechanism on it. So it can't be used for wrong purposes and wrong motives because it requires love and love is not self-seeking. Love is not selfish or envious or jealous or, or um, uh, working ill towards other people. Do you see? God put this safety mechanism on the tool, the instrument, the weapon of faith so that it only works for kingdom good. <laughs> it only works for your good. And so Romans chapter five, Romans chapter five, let's look at verse five. It says, and this hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts. Now I'm reading the Weiss translation. The love of God has been poured out in our hearts and still floods them through the agency of the Holy Spirit who was given to us. The love of God is available to every believer. Every person who's accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior has an abundant supply of love available to them. That doesn't mean that person always yields to it. Every one of us has an option to choose love or to be selfish, to choose to walk in love or to get the last word in, to choose to walk in love or to have it my way today, to choose to walk in love or to hold a grudge, to hold on to unforgiveness. It's a choice. The love is always available and we can always yield to it, but we will never stand before God and say, God, I just couldn't love that person. I just could not love that person. It was beyond me because the Holy Spirit, look what it says here. And again, this is the Weist expanded translation, Kenneth E. Weist, W-U-E-S-T. This translation says the love of God has been poured out in our heart and still floods our heart through the Holy Spirit. So there is a flood of love available regardless of how you feel, regardless of what that person has done to you, regardless of how they've acted, regardless of how they mistreated you, you can love them, not in your natural human love, but with the love of God that has been poured out in our heart and floods our hearts. The, the love of God is abundant in its supply in your life, but you have to choose to yield to it. 
So the word for love in the New Testament, when it gives us this instruction and, and loving God and loving each other is the New Testament command. We still have a command to adhere to. We still have a command to obey and it's the love command. And if we'll keep the love command, we won't break any of, of the laws of God. We won't go contrary to anything that God wants because love is, is the royal law. It is the fulfilling of the law. And if we'll be perfected in our love, and that means developed and matured, then that's what God is aiming for in our life. So the word for love in the New Testament, this instruction for us as New Testament believers is, is different than other words for love that were used in the Greek language. Um, this word is a word that specifically refers to the love of God, which every believer has, but it is different than emotional love. It's different than the love that a human has for a family member. It's different than brotherly love. All of those, or you could, romantic love, all of those are different words in the Greek language. There's eros, which is the romantic love. There's storge, uh, which I think is the familial love. There's uh, philio, which is the brotherly love. All of those words mean love in Greek, but it's not the word that's in the Bible. The word in the Bible is agape, and it is specifically talking about the love of God. And so you've got to let the Bible identify what this love is, how this love works, because it doesn't, it doesn't run out and place limits. It doesn't fade and doesn't become, uh, um, it weakened. The love of God holds up. The love of God uh, maintains that that willingness to do good and be kind and to uh, to forgive and all of the things that love does, it doesn't become scattered or weak or or uh, lessened because of the difficulties that it goes through. We've got to let the Word of God show us what is this love. So. This love that we have is abundant in its availability to us, but we've got to learn it. We've got to learn how to yield to the love of God. We've got to let that love become perfected in us and developed in us. This abundant supply of love makes it possible for us to be long-suffering with people, to be patient with people, and to be kind even when we are in very difficult relationships. And, you know, you just have to live a short time before you realize that not everybody's fun to be around, but it is possible to walk in love with that person. First John 2.10 says, he that loves his brother abides in the light. He that loves his brother abides in the light and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. Oh my, we need to be developed in this love because we need this light so that we don't stumble. He that loves his brother. First John three fourteen says, we know we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He that loves not his brother abides in death. We know we've passed from spiritual death to spiritual life. One of the evidences that we can look in our life and see is because we love people especially when it's referring in the Bible to brothers and sisters in Christ. 
So this love is so important uh, because it is the God kind of love and it establishes the kingdom of God so that we can get along with each other and live for eternity together. And you know, love is not something that is just for this time on the earth. God's love, God is love. He doesn't just have some love. He is love. And the love of God is going to be the standard for the way that we deal with each other for eternity. So we might as well get good at it. (laughs) We might as well become practiced in it. And we're looking at our love walk so that we can adjust our faith. I want to go to Romans chapter five and let's look at verses six through eight. Let's find out another important aspect of the love of God. It says, when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So in other words, he sent his love towards us with sending Jesus to die on the cross and become the payment for our sin. That was the love of God in action to establish our redemption. We couldn't redeem ourselves. We couldn't set ourselves free. We couldn't help ourselves get out of the sin condition we were in because because of Adam's fall. We needed him and through his love, he sent redemption to us when we weren't lovable. While we were yet sinners, he commended or demonstrated or sent his love towards us. When we weren't lovable, he loved us. That's how the love of God works. The love of God, you know, human love can love somebody who loves you. Human love can love somebody who loves you back. Human love can love somebody who's nice to you. Oh yeah, I love you. It's easy, right? but it takes the God kind of love to love somebody who's not lovable, who is making it very difficult to even be nice to them. But how do we do it? With the love of God that he has poured out and made available to us. So the love of God never says, if you love me, I'll love you. The love of God says, I love you, whether you love me or not. The love of God never says, If you change, then I'll love you. The love of God says, I will love you while you're changing. The love of God never says, if you do me right, I'll love you. It says, I will love you even if you don't treat me right. And that's how we are able to be long-suffering and patient and kind with people in difficult situations. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is the greatest place to see a description of the love of God because it is so different from natural human aspects of love. We need the light of the word to be able to see it correctly in our life. And 1 Corinthians 13, 7 says, love bears all things. Well, my natural human love doesn't. I mean, I I love my children, but there have time, there have been times I had to set aside my natural love because it was running short. It was thin. They were skating on thin ice in my life. 
And I had to go into my heart and I had to pull out some, 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 some superhuman, some spiritual God kind of love and say, okay, I'm going to love you with the love of God right now because you have plucked my last nerve over here in the natural realm. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And I know that doesn't sound like fun to the flesh, but we don't live in our flesh. We don't walk in our flesh. We're walking in the spirit and the spirit walks, the the, the walk of the spirit is a walk of love. We are walking in the spirit of God and God is love. So we're walking in the spirit of love, which means we bear all things. We believe all things. We hope all things. We endure all things. How? With the love of God. The Kenneth E. Weiss translation says it bears up under all things. And it describes love like a, a, um, a bridge to hold something up. The Amplified says love bears up under anything and everything that comes. So the word bear in this original Greek language is a word that means as a roof covers a house. It covers, but within the word is a concept of protection. Like a roof protects those that are in the house from the elements. And that's what we want to see. We want to have the love of God operating in our marriages. We want to have the love of God operating in our interactions in the local church. We want to have the love of God dominating us in the way that we deal with our family members, not just limiting ourselves to, to romantic love or not just limiting ourselves to the uh, friendly love, the brotherly love, or to the family love, because all of those are limited in their ability. But the love of God it's unlimited and it will work for you when none of those others will get the job done. The love of God will come to the rescue. And when we do, we're shining God into that situation. We're letting God move through us because God is love. So if you're loving, you're letting God be God through you and in you and in that situation. And that's what we've got to recognize as we are making these faith adjustments that love needs to be a priority in my life. And I can't set it aside and say, yeah, I'm just about faith. Let me, I just want to be strong in faith. If you want to be strong in faith, you want to be strong in love. And love is the energizing electricity and power supply to your faith. We've covered a lot of ground. Please go back and listen to each of these in order and make these faith adjustments in your life. And Connect to the resources that we have at buildfaith.net. And remember to build your faith and to frame your world by the Word of God. I'll see you next time. Examine yourself and see if you be in faith. The Bible instructs us in 2 Corinthians 13, 5 to make this faith examination. When we begin to walk by faith, there are some indicators that reveal whether our faith is accurately working or not. Because faith is a spiritual force, we need to identify when we are applying our faith accurately. 
the Bible gives us some specific things to look for and shows us some adjustments that we can make to be sure we are in faith. In this six-part teaching, Faith Adjustments, we discover the symptoms or indicators of faith and learn how to make the necessary adjustments so we can stay on track in our walk of faith. You'll learn how to identify faith when it is working, the two main symptoms that accompany faith, what is the energy supplied to our faith, and much more. This insightful six-part series is available in digital or physical format starting at just $20. In addition, we're offering Philip Steele's book, Refusing the Care, for a special price of $15. The Lord spoke to Pastor Steele about the dangers of worry, telling him worry will prop the door open to the enemy to come into your life and bring all sorts of destruction. Refusing the care will give you courage to resist every form of worry and anxiety. The six-part series, Faith Adjustments, and the companion book, Refusing the Care, are working together to help you operate your faith more effectively. Call the number on your screen now or go to buildfaith.net to order. Call or go online now. I want to express my gratitude to all of those who partner with this ministry. Thank you for being a vital part of what the Lord is doing in this ministry. At Faith Builders International, we are entering our 25th year. We've been broadcasting this program since 2010, over 12 years. During that time, we've received multiple testimonies of people who have been changed by the Word of God through this program. Our partners will receive the same reward that we receive from the part they played in helping us preach the gospel. King David established a precedent in 1 Samuel 30, verse 24, when he said, as his part is that goes down to battle, so shall his part be that tarried by the stuff. They shall part alike. A group of his soldiers had stopped the pursuit and not joined in the battle. But because they stayed with the supplies, the rest of the soldiers were able to ride faster and catch the enemy. David said they receive an equal share of the reward. And that's true about you. You receive the same reward. I want to pray for you. Lord, I ask you to minister to my partners out of the abundant overflow of your goodness and your blessing. Lord, for every time that they have sacrificed, that they have lovingly sowed into this ministry, let this be something, Father, that causes a memorial to come up before you and let the abundant supply of their harvest meet every need in the name of Jesus. We welcome you to join us too and become a partner of Faith Builders. Together, we will continue to build people's faith and frame their world by the Word of God. Faith Builders International is a family church with a vision to build people's faith. Jesus told His disciples they would be witnesses of Him in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost part of the earth. So we are building faith, city, state, nation, and world. Our congregation in DeSoto, Kansas meets at 8390 Peoria, and in Little Rock, Arkansas, we meet at 10500 West Markham Street. We have ministry for the children and youth, 
and special events focused on men's and women's ministry. We invite you to join us Wednesdays at 7 p.m. and Sundays at 10 and 6. We look forward to meeting you. Visit buildfaith.net for more information.